You're listening to Talking Ackies, the official podcast of Hamilton Academical Football Club. On this episode, we've got Marcus Fjortoft, and he's here to discuss life in America, studying at Duke University, playing with the Southern United in New Zealand, and coming to Hamilton Ackies. We'll also be asking him about a famous father in Jan Aga Fjortoft. Enjoy the show. The two Marcuses. Double the trouble, double the fun. So we're going to discuss life in Scotland Obviously, your time in the Blue Devils and growing up and having a famous father. So, Marcus, it is a pleasure to have you on the show. Obviously, your dad was a great player in the day, having been capped 71 times for Norway. It's an amazing achievement. How big a role did he have in developing your career? You know, I think he's played uh, a multiple of roles. I think, um, yes, from a football perspective, in terms of gaining references, as to what it takes to become a footballer. I think he made a lot of sacrifices and put in a lot of hours um, getting to where he was. So understanding the importance of that and something I've been, um, I believe I've been good in carrying on throughout my career in terms of the hard work required. And then also from a, more from a, a mental standpoint. Um, I think my dad is, has done well in kind of being uh, unapologetically himself and staying consistent with his own values and sticking to that. Um, and something I've been, something I've kept in mind, trying to, um, trying to find who I am and, and, and sticking by that. And I think, um, I think in terms of the choices I've made, um, kind of reflect that. But then, as always, it's, it's a work in progress and, and, and still a, a conversation, a dialogue I, I have with him to this day. So growing up with such a talented father, what, what, what's the biggest footballing lessons that you've learned from him? And is there a sense of competition in the family between you both? Yeah, I definitely think there's a, there's a com- competitive element, but I think that, that subsided or stopped um, by the time I was 14 and we had our last uh, 1v1 battle and I stormed off crying after I lost uh, 10 to 9 after I slipped on the ball and felt very unfairly treated. Uh, and what followed, but I think also a recognition from him that that was going to be his his last win, or, or so 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 I say. Um, as from a football perspective, I think you know he is a striker. I'm a I'm a centre back. Um, he was the one who moved me from I played midfield from when I was 16 um, till and then he moved down to centre back. And making that kind of move, I think, did serve me very well from from a career standpoint. Um, kind of being able to leverage what I learned in midfield down to centre-back. Um, and also now, you know, becoming a centre-back, playing now in the UK like he did and, and dealing with a, with a different kind of physicality. Um, and he was a big target man himself, trying, trying you know, to, to, to learn the tricks and trying to get an insight into, you know, the little, the little one percenters that you can gain, those kind of marginal gains. Um, but going off what I say yesterday, it's, it's, I think... You know, when you when you come to a certain level, it's about expressing yourself and being being who you are. And he's done very well in in, in doing so. And and I think you can't really perform optimally optimally until you are freed from the burden of the expectations of others and 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 play according to your style and and kind of instincts. Did that put pressure on you, knowing that more so not so much at boys' club level, right? But when you started to play at a higher level before you went to Duke and stuff in Norway and you were, you know, you were at a youth level. Did you feel pressured knowing at the level your father's been or was there none of that really? I, 
No, I have never felt that pressure. And obviously it comes, you know, you have the name. Um, and, you know, at times there would be a bit of hype around it. Even now, you know, in terms of the, the discussion we're having. But honest, honest, honestly, God, I never felt that pressure because I'm tremendously proud of the career he's had. And by being around him and from, a, you know, when he was a player, but also a, a manager and all that, you recognize it's, an, it's a very tough industry to break through. And knowing that and realizing, you know what, it's, it's not everyone makes it. It's, it's a very narrow kind of uh, window to kind of get through. And by knowing that, you kind of have a sense of perspective, I think, that is valuable. And I think that served me, served me well throughout because, of course, I've always desired to, to play professionally, but also realizing what it takes and, 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 and preparing in other aspects in case that doesn't happen either. So obviously growing up aside now, you then go to a massive part of your development as a football player, but obviously as a human being, was you then going to Duke University to study on a scholarship. How big a difference was that journey um, from playing over there to then coming here? What, what did you learn? How big an opportunity was it to be at Duke? Duke was four memorable and extremely valuable years. Um, as you say, from from a multiple set of, of, of perspectives. I think obviously the academic. Duke is a very a very good school. Something I learned going there because you don't know too much about college before going there, but you learn of the of the standards by which the standards by which the school upholds themselves too. So the educational aspect, incredible. Football, I was able to develop for four years, I was given a four-year time or a window where I could develop physically especially, um, but also competing at a, at a very good level for four years. And, and, you know, it's four pretty formative years for me. So being able to come out of that a lot stronger than when I came into it was extremely important. And then from a social standpoint, and I think that plays into an educational, uh, into the educational path as well, because the, the people I met there, the resources and knowledge in which they inhabited was of great inspiration to me and it has definitely set a set um, a president for me throughout life in terms of how I want to in terms of what experiences and, and, and knowledge I seek so all that combined plays into an extremely an incredibly well structured package in which I was able to uh, prosper and so I, I found myself very fortunate and wouldn't trade it towards anything else. Obviously, we'll get to Keaton McKenna in a bit, but is there anyone else that you crossed paths with at Duke University that made you the person you are? Is there anybody that's playing now, that maybe an MLS over there, that you you know, you know, you look at and think, wow, that, we played together? Yeah, it's a multi... I mean, I've had... I met an incredible amount of people, and they weren't necessarily in sports, so... And I had uh, great professors, and I was able to learn a lot from them, some of the stuff I learned the most was from sitting at dinner or lunch with, with, with people and, and just talking about life and talking about what's going on around the world. And that sounds like very like, uh, like, like a cliche almost, but that's the truth. As for the football, um, I came from, you know, was a, a university, Duke, in which have recruited a lot of good players. Um, you, have, you have two players now at the New York Red Bulls, one who I went... To the, or who I um, graduated with, and Brian White, who's a striker there. Um, Sean Davis, who's a midfielder there, plays there. Um, and 
and others. If I'm trying to trying to think of it, of, of any others, but yeah, and you got you got a lot. You got a good record for the university recruiting a lot of good players, and them going um, throughout throughout Europe. Um, and there's some in in Finland, and there's some all across around the world. So it's a great community. I just met a guy two days ago. Um, who's here, but he plays in Chile, and I met him and I played with him, you know, so the incredible amount of <laughs> people you can, you can, you know, meet up with is for me one of the greatest inspirations that I have friends scattered all over. Absolutely, and I think it's important to mention in your final year at the exact same college, a young Kieran McKenna, who's also part of the Hamilton squad, he comes in, you, am I right in thinking you were his buddy, you had to show him around? Yeah, my, I was, uh, I was halfway through my first year and in comes this 17 year old uh, Scottish guy and I have to take care of him for the weekend and I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, I just want my weekend. And I don't think I was the best of hosts, to be honest. I think I was all right, um, but I did leave him to others as well. Um, but it's crazy how, how, how paths cross like that, you know? If, we, if, if you would have told us that five years ago and now we're living together, um, from in his hometown, it's it's crazy to think of, but uh, yeah, our our paths have, have crossed in a, in a multiple set of ways. And that must be that must have been good. Obviously, you came in Takis at the end of last season before Kieran was probably even thought of here. When you found out Kieran was coming to you, and that was your proper season as well when you were coming in after the summer, was that did it make it a little bit easier because it's a new environment? Absolutely, absolutely. You know, I've always thought. I've always sought experiences that go outside my comfort zone. You know, I lived in six, seven countries. I've always thrived and welcomed that very challenge. And Scotland was no different. Um, but of course, it helps because it's it's part of the integration process and being able to live with someone. You know, being able. You know, when you when you come in the first couple of months or so, you're settling in all the logistics and all that. But he's also a good friend. And being able to um, share that life with one another, kind of going through the same stuff, but we're also, I think, because of that um, that foundation that Duke gave us, we also seek a lot of the same things off off the off the field as well. Um, all that plays in to, into which you know we have a very a very good dynamic and, and friendship. I just want to touch on what I think is a very very important thing that you've done. You. You've done it very smart, as is Kieran. You went, you've got your degree, you've got there what's an academic backup. You know, football's one of these careers that doesn't last long. You might, you know, it might not work out, there could be injuries. I, for one, know what it's like to, to, to go and get a backup and go on a different path. Here I am now. Mm-hmm. So, what was the thinking behind that? What and was it exactly that? Yeah, I listen, I, I don't want to. I don't want to say everyone should get an education or this is right for you. What I did was something I felt was right for me at the, at the time. Listen, there are a lot of people, I think there was a preconception, I think it's being toppled by what here and myself will do is that you go to college or whatnot and you're kind of uh, putting on hold or abandoning a football career. Um, I, had great, I found great motivation in trying to, uh, in trying to argue that. You know, improve improve people wrong, but I think my thinking was I wanted to continue playing football. I was 18, 19 in Norway. I wanted to continue playing football, 
but I also want education because it's something that has been installed in, in me from a young age, from my, you know, the schools I went to and, and, and the family around me. So unfortunately, there isn't that, um, there isn't that offer in place or opportunities for in place for people to do that in, in a good, from a, in a good setting, in a good atmosphere from both kind of uh, realms, from the academic and from football. And I think someone who does that very, very well and I think is very, you know, in a, in a different class is America. So therefore I sought that because I, want, I was able to seek an education and a football path that both held a very good standard. Now Duke is a very unique school because it is, um, it has an extremely high standard in both areas and I was very fortunate to go there. But there's no doubt, like, you know, even though... Even though I would go on to play for Real Madrid, which never happened, but for example, there's still stuff you have to do after, you know? And I think regardless of whether you make it or not, having that educational background, for me at least, was extremely vital. And I think it serves me better on the field as well because I'm able to seek things off the field that I believe um, make me better on. Was it hard to balance education and football when you were doing that? I don't think it's for everyone, no doubt. I found it, you know, you, you come in a routine and maybe you take it for granted that you're able to do it um, because you do find your, your your routine and your set rhythm and all that. I was able to, you know, do pretty well. Others, not so much. And it definitely is not for everyone, but I, I totally bought into that whole idea of doing well at school and also football. And I was able to come out of it pretty well, I believe. So once you graduated, obviously you then found yourself going to the other side, to New Zealand, and playing, playing there. How, how was that? Well, it was, an, it was an incredible experience because for me, New Zealand was just this small little island next to Australia, far, far away from everything. That was my, that was my very simplified kind of breakdown of it because I didn't know anything else. And, and that is what the very reason I wanted to go as well when that offer came in place. Um, so I was extremely excited by pursuing that. It was a, um, you know, it was a different. It was being you were being thrown into it from a cultural standpoint, but it wasn't that hard at all. I think, for me, what I derive the greatest uh, pride or inspiration from is the fact that I can now look back at that and 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 think of New Zealand as home. I made some friends there, especially coming off college in four years. I didn't expect. I did not expect to have the friendships that I formed uh, in New Zealand. Um, they had. I would, you know, I would call them friends for life because they're extremely good people and I'm very fortunate to have met them. And then I was able to see the country um, through football as well. So to call New Zealand home like that and, and the experience I had there was uh, not, I, would, I did not expect it to go, to go as, as, as well as it did. How did you balance family life? Obviously being far away in America and then going to New Zealand, you know, then you met a girlfriend in New Zealand and America as well. Mm -hmm. So. So you then got a girlfriend in America, mm -hmm. you've got a friend in Kieran who's at this point at Falkirk, right. and then family in Norway. So to balance all of that. Yeah, it's, it's, it, sounds, it sounds overwhelming, doesn't it? But um, I don't know. I don't want to say I've, been, I've gotten good at it. But I think it's important to have a support system in form of friends and family and, and girlfriend who understand why you're doing what you're doing and for me now i'm following a path in which i believe is the right one for me 
uh, and from a kind of a fulfillment point of view, this is the life I, I want to pursue these these experiences and being able to to accomplish something in, in these different areas. And by them understanding that, it becomes easier because you know that what you're doing is 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 what you're supposed to do right now. And of course, it's it's tough, and you have to you have to kind of figure out how you how you stay in touch. But I believe that. If you really want to stay in touch, you do. And so in many ways, me moving around, it's been a great um, filtering kind of uh, system in which I've been left with people who want to stay in touch with me and, and vice versa. And so all that combined is has left me with an incredible amount of friends and, and, and network, close friends around the world. And I, I think that's you know, if I say so myself, I think that's really cool. Yeah, it's a very good point. And another thing that I've read about yourself and I know about yourself, I found it very, very interesting. When you were in Southern United in New Zealand, you actually did a bit of the media, done a bit of my job and done a bit of, the, you that's know. Right. Do you then, I take it then you'll appreciate what media teams do all over the world. Absolutely, absolutely. I think it was, I think it's just cool, going off what I've said earlier, I just think it's cool to try something that you haven't done before. And with the, with the growth of social media amongst especially football teams that I follow closely, especially on Twitter and whatnot, I found it cool how clubs are trying to find their own voice, their own brand in this great kind of pool of all these other voices coming out, being able to find that identity. And there's some there's some clubs that do it really, really well. And I think it does give clubs a personality as such. So I saw that and I said, you know what, I wanna, I wanna try that. And I was, so I was able to do that um, for Southern United and Football South, the Feder Football Federation. And it was just a great challenge. I was able to learn like with all the editing and, and making videos and I was able, you know, I worked with a, a guy from England, a very good mate of mine who had experience with it. So I learned from him. And so in doing so, you're, 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 you know, you're the experienced richer and you're able to appreciate um, what people like yourself do because it is, I think, I think the hardest thing is trying to um, communicate your brand or your voice. And for instance, for a club like Hamilton, trying to find that kind of unique kind of stance uh, compared to all the other clubs is, is tough, but something um, that I think you and, and the team are are doing doing very well. I appreciate that. Did you feel it quite difficult when it was like maybe a bad run of defeats and you didn't know what to oh, do? Absolutely, absolutely. I had to write the match reports and all <laughs> that. <laughs> I was like, you know, okay, we, we, we hold this off for now. We're just gonna, I'm just gonna say uh, we lost, end of story. The good benefit that we've got here is obviously the kids and how successful they are. So I can I can spin on right, that, that I'll spin on community, you know, yeah. and that, that, that's a good thing that we've got that we can Absolutely. go over that with and you know <laughs> make some things disappear shall we say um, we touched a little bit um, this wasn't actually on script this is when we were coming home and you were talking about things that motivate you and, um, what, what do you do in your spare time to stay motivated um, let's take football away and Kieran McKenna away right. and your dad away what sort of things do you do that are a wee bit different in your own spare time I think you know, you are you are a professional footballer, and that is you come in and you have all you you train and you put in all that effort, and you do extra and whatnot. But then there is there is a life that awaits you outside, 
And so I think from that standpoint, it's important, especially when things go a bit down. But I think keeping a middle ground and such, I think it's important not to merely define yourself as a footballer because then you're extremely, your, your mood fluctuates in an, an incredible amount. And I'm not, I'm not saying don't be sad about victory uh, or losses and don't be happy about victories, whatnot. That's not what I'm saying, but I'm, you have to find something else because like I said earlier, Duke helped me in, in, in that sense that I was able to train and I was able to put my mind off other things. And I think it's an important because giving it some space so that you, you have this mental kind of, um, kind of overflow of energy when, when you're actually playing. So for me, I like to, to kind of uh, continue that path, that educational path that I've been laid. So I like to read a lot. I also like to start just new projects for myself. I think it, it, it's, it's important for me. So just recently I started a, a podcast called BroPod with, with, with Kieran as, as co-host. And for me, it was just, you know, how... I think everyone is a brand. You, Marks Nash, are a brand. Me, Marks Fertoft, I'm a brand. How do you represent yourself to the world? So I wanted to make a podcast in which is consistent with your own values. And so if I find, if I want to pursue a different path, an unconventional path, if I want to do things a little bit differently, well, then say in this instance, the podcast I start would reflect that as well. So for me, I wanted to seek out those people who defy convention as such and do things a bit differently because it does, it does take some kind of courage in some sense. I wouldn't say that about myself because it's natural for me, but then you want to break down why, what is it that drives you in of itself? And I, th I think that mental psychological element of why people do what they do is extremely interesting. So um, it's, it's, a, it's a fun little project now and whatever happens, at least it's developing me uh, as, as a person, but also within the media professional, if, if that were to follow. And do you think that might be from your time at Southern United doing the media that that's gave you the, the motivation to, to start your own podcast? Yeah, that as well as other things, um, just being around extremely impressive people and seeing what they do and trying to uh, not replicate, but try to follow suit in terms of the standards, standards in which they uphold themselves to. And so being around here and seeing how you do your work and being at Southern, being at Duke, all this plays into this, this collection of dots, all these different experiences that you have and you somehow hope to bring them together and see what happens. And that's kind of what I'm trying to do as I, as I go about life. No, that's very interesting. Okay, let's talk about Aki's. We're here to talk about Aki's, right. so let's get there. You, you joined um, towards the end of last season. Um, you then had pre-season with the boys. Yeah, I understand it's probably been a little bit frustrating that you're, you're not playing as much as you want to, but you get a different view in that to what other people have. So how's your time at Aki's overall? Listen, I love, I love the club and, and everyone involved in it. I feel very, you know, as time goes by, being around people even more so, um, I feel very well connected, um, good relationship to the GAFA and, and all the players. And obviously, you know, every player wants to play. If you don't want to play, then there's no point of me being here. And I've had some good experiences um, playing at, 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 you know, at various stadiums and, and against some good teams. Exalting Rangers and that was great and that added to my portfolio experiences in which I'm then able to learn from uh, There's no doubt that the learning curve for me has been steep In the sense that I have I have an unconventional path at such so the experiences that a 
a normal 25 year old would have does not account for me both from you know from a positive and negative standard point of view because you know i think i'm rich in certain areas and then lacking in in, in other areas um but for me you know being able to play the games i have you learn a lot if i play reserve games i'm able to learn that i'm able to develop myself as a player and i think staying consistent with your pursuit or your goals is is important i think yeah it's tough not playing but not allowing yourself to be kind of disgruntled or uh, you know uninspired by that it just makes the hunger all the more stronger and i and, and i feel i have you know i feel like i haven't shown in close to, to what i can do and that and i think that comes in from from a mental standpoint and being uh, being comfortable in certain environments blah 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 and that happens with the more you experience so i welcome that and then i welcome the hardships too because that's what ultimately ultimately forms one and then i know you know i'll persevere oh very interesting um I want to talk to you a wee bit about the academy here. Um, I, I will always mention this to anybody that I speak about Hamilton Zoo because we are very unique here where the kids are treated Absolutely. the exact same as the first team. What's your view on that? And can you think back to any teams that you've been at? Do they do anything similar? I think what's being in this club for a long, you know, over time, you learn what a club stands for. And going back to what we talked, spoke about earlier in terms of finding your own brand or your own voice, I think the club has done very well in terms of promoting youth and the, and the good players that come through here. And that's not, that's just doesn't happen by chance. It's, it's, it's good, it's, it's good work put in by good people. So to see that and see people like um, Smitty and, and Jimmy Hamilton come up through the first team, uh, you've also got Regan and Andy Winter and, and, and such. You're able, to, you're able to see that on a day-to-day basis and it's, it's, it's fun to, 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 follow their, to follow their path. You know, it's, 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 a, it's a fun thing to follow for someone a bit older and, and, and it will be exciting to see you know, where they go from, from there. Oh, very nice. Okay, we're nearly, nearly done, but every week that we do the podcast, we do a thing where it's called Keep It Clean. Right. So what I'm trying to get from you is a story. It can be about growing up with your dad. It can be about your studying in Duke. It can be playing at Hamilton. Mm-hmm. But tell us a story that's... You need to try and keep it clean, but it's interesting. <laughs> so yeah, over Well, time. I would say now, because my, my mother would listen, that I've been a very good boy. So, but, um, you know, I come to think of a couple of things. Um, a more funny one is I was at Duke and we were lacking in numbers a bit and uh, our, our coach then, the gaffer, he was an old player he won the first national championship with, with Duke then, played in England um, and actually come, came, visit, came to visit me and Kieran about a month ago um, great guy and he joins in and I'm thinking, okay, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's you got three goals on on both sides. You're scoring, you're scoring on three small goals. He joins in. I get the ball. Obviously, he's he's filled with enthusiasm because he's playing. I play a through ball. I think it's an all right ball, but maybe a bit too long. First, he stretches it with a long touch, and I say, that can't be good because he's gone on the run in the first place. Gets the touchdown, then subsequently tries to back heel it. And what follows is a torn hamstring, and he's down, and he's out for the training. Um, oh, so, 
that's just a it's just a little funny and, and little clean uh, clean version for you, but it's it's funny. The medical path came on, and, and, and training and training was over. <laughs> He's in crutches for the following weeks. So, <laughs> did you feel a little bit guilty? Uh, no, I thought it was an alright ball. To be fair, uh, you know, I will never take blame for that. <laughs> so, so, it's his, so it's his own yeah. fault then. Yeah, I don't know. I'll say what my dad always says. He's, you know, it's frustrating when you've played and the mind knows what needs to be done, but the body can't follow. And it's one of those. So it's what it is. Marcus, just before we go, how can our viewers and fans listen to your podcast? Well, thank you for asking. Um, you can find it on Apple, so iTunes and Spotify. So it's Bropod, B-R-O-P-O-D. Um, and it's Bropod1 is the handle on Twitter. So appreciate the follow. I think, you know, I think there are some important conversations that are being held. So after you listen to this one, uh, you're welcome to head to, to, to Bropod. Well, Marcus, thank you so much for coming on the show. That's all we've got time for in this episode of Talking Ackies. I hope you've all enjoyed today's episode and you're looking forward to the next one. Please feel free to share on social media platforms and also look out for Bropod1. Perfect.